Sunday, Sunday Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, happy days. Friday, happy days. Saturday comes, we'll cycle hops. Ready to race to you. These days are us. Happy and free, those happy days. Bit of a delay there. We're on different continents, aren't we? This is the returns. I'd rather have a bowl of cocoa pops. <laughs> Massive delay there. I'm in Vancouver making a film with face-off superstar Sir Nicholas Cage. Matt and G, you're in London. What the hell are you doing? What time is it? What do you feel? Uh, it's, um, well, it's a little later than we arranged to start this. I don't know whose fault that could be. That's weird. What do you mean? Fingers. You've been held up? Yeah. No yeah. point, not point, there's no point pointing them now because I'm here safely in the colonies in British it's 20 Columbia. 20 to 9 in the PM here in Do you know, sunny London. When, you're in Van- when you're in Vancouver, they've, they've got plastic money and our Queen's all over it. It's difficult not plastic to steal a little... The money's made of plastic, Matt, and uh, it's it's got the Queen on it. Made It's got plastic Her Majesty the Queen on it. It's got a see-through little window on it. So now when I ejaculate on her face, it's easily wiped off. Yeah? Oh, dear. That's what? been what said plastic? in the colonies. They're going to bring, like, gonna bring well, that over here. They're going to bring plastic money like, over here. What? Yeah. No, it won't plastic happen. It's going to happen. It's already been passed. It's What's the happen. point of it? You can go, it can go through the wash. Yeah. So it doesn't rip. Ever right? since the Conservatives have won the election, all bets are off. Plastic money now. Michael Gove, Minister of Justice. Other things I can't continue to pretend to care about for another <laughs> second. Not when the belly bounce phenomenon is peaking right out. It's peaked. Got any... It's peaked. Done. Yeah, you, you've gone off belly bounce, have you, Matt? Well, I just think, you know, we've, we... What we can't get better than the old uh, what's his name? What was his El name? El Nordico. El Nordico. God, how could I forget him? Belly bouncing us across the studio. That's where you, you know come out on a joke. Yeah, that does seem like a natural thing. But what it is, Matt? Now I don't want to let the genie out of the bottle here, but people, I for the first time a matter of days ago was getting out of a car. And, and a man sort of almost nervously, like in the same way I imagine a French resistance fighter may wink across a promenade at another French resistance fighter. Perhaps it's the Champs-Élysées, 1943, I don't know. He went, belly bounce! And I went, ling, long, ling. And the two of us were brothers in that moment, Matt. Oh. Brothers. But- reaching across time. So okay. I'm not saying we have to crowbar belly bounce into every episode, sort of front and centre, but we could, like, I mean, well, once it's in out a while, there, that's real belly life. bounce. That's in the real world, mate, that is. But in the show, it's an unspoken thing that we all know about. It's just, well, can't we just a, speak it once in a while, just go belly bounce, ling, well, ling, I mean, is that going to kill you? No, all right. We've had this phone call anyway. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've just invented a new game surrounding the belly bounce phenomenon. Um... In Starbucks, other taxes are available when they ask you for your name. I now say the word belly bounce. They write it on my card. Ooh. Then when they call out it, the person at the end goes, belly bounce. I either respond That's with a ling long ling. Still going. Or ling long ling. another ling long linger. Take care, guys. Bye. <laughs> well, I quite like that. Is your concern well, that the man sounds... he's certainly upbeat, isn't he? <laughs> Do you think his next phone calls to the Samaritans? Is that your <laughs> <laughs> is, is that your concern there? Because I like him. Did he say his name? Do we know who he is? This mystery belly no round phenomenon who spreader. No one knows he was or where his body will be. Why? Found. <laughs> we no, can we only share suburbia. 
Well, that is the level of research I've come to expect. Uh, it says... Oh, no, so someone's entered it into an urban dictionary yeah, in the Australia dictionary. of all countries. No, that's uh, it's the a website. Urban dictionary. Yeah, it's called The Urban Dictionary. Pin Pin is in there. Other things that have come from our show or shows past. Pin Pin, surely. It's in there, yeah. Loads of things are in there. Loads of things that well, you've... Well, we have... We're urban pioneers of language. Yeah, of course we are. But oh, I don't like the description they've put in here. It sounds a bit one-sided on the part of the man who did it. <laughs> You, well, it's it certainly not an attempt. Yeah, it says the belly bounce definition: the act of buffeting a nosy old bitch away from your front <laughs> garden with your sizable gut. The, the blow can be imparted with a forward thrust or a devastating side swipe. The manoeuvre necessi- necessitates the cry belly bounce, and to any other party here is it hears it, it must must respond with ling long ling. Now, what I, I think it's worth mentioning at this point is that the original belly bounce was subject to a criminal proceeding in which the perpetrator of the belly bounce was found guilty of actual bodily harm. I know. So making him a hero in an urban dictionary and a podcast and to a modern phenomenon. the victim of a violent assault to a nosy old bitch. <laughs> I mean, how would it be <laughs> if we were ground. to regard... Very shaky ground, and not just because of the belly bouncing taking place immediately above it. If you were to look at other other victims of similar crimes, like, I don't know, in Cambodia, as nosy old bitches, or the Ripper <laughs> victims as nosy old bitches, you can't dismiss these human beings with very real problems as simple as nosy old bitches, can you, Matt? No, you can't. I think uh, that's another reason to park it there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just think once in a while saying belly bounce isn't going to kill us. I mean, you're always doing that. I mean, the next thing I hear, you probably won't want to continue with the fame game, Ding Dong, Who's That Knocking At Your Door? I don't want to continue with it. I'll tell you what I do want to continue with. <laughs> the Dur Dur Classics, because we've had some real good classics tons, come in. Do you want to hear some? Yeah. I do, but one second, because ding dong, that's just an extract. I could see you think you're some sort of new Chris Evans coming up with great content. I can hear the smugness in your voice. This isn't TFI Friday. You left the mic when we were trying to get the technical side working and left me with a technician from Canada Mm. who said... How do you get on with him? Well, I tried the Coco Pops line that we famously use when we're trying to find out if there's a delay on a mic because you've gone to Mm. another country. Well, he Mm. went, okay, can you go? And I went, I'd rather have a bowl of... And expected him to say Cocoa Pops, even though he's in a country where the advert wasn't on the telly. You expected that I'd rather have a bowl of Cocoa Pops (laughs) with a transcendent universal language like, om. I thought it was a radio technician's phrase. (laughs) You think they thought it was like something that Joseph Campbell might have uncovered, that religions and folklore across the world all have universally, I'd rather have a bowl of Cocoa Pops, (laughs) as common as the virgin birth or a baby being found in some bulrushes or a tablet being passed down on a mountaintop for some heavens. These universal themes found in Africa, Iceland, Japan, all over the world, are accompanied today by I'd rather have a bowl of cocoa pops. See, see, you know it, but but also the listeners can hear that there is a 
slight delay. Now, look, before we get totally entrenched in the game that perhaps will one day be sweeping the nation now that Matt's let go of his derivative, lazy, stolen telephone neighbours game, but couldn't we, like, because I did have a famous person ding-dong knocking at my door. A little bit of time's passed now, so we can talk about the day that it was none other than former Prime Ministerial hopeful Ed Miliband ding-dong knocking at my door. What about that, turning up in a bulletproof car? How do you feel about that? He turned up in a bulletproof car. His car was bulletproof. His campaign was not. (laughs) (laughs) How do you you feel about ruining his chances of being PM? I don't think I can take all the credit, (laughs) but the the word that immediately springs to mind is proud that I can dabble (laughs) (laughs) in elections and the outcome of significant national events. Uh, with with maybe not the effect I was intending, but an effect. You know, like how some like children like will show off because negative attention is better than no attention at all. Yes. Well, I was one of those children, obviously. Oh, you weren't, were you? Hey, that didn't sound convincing, <laughs> did it? Now, and one of those adults. So, come on, let's hear some. Let's hear. Let's hear some of your Matt Morgan spiteful views on old Russ dabbling in the election. Got any? Um, no, I thought it was when I watched the interview. I thought, oh yeah, this is good, and it's good of Miliband to do it. And I thought it was, you know, it was an all right thing to do. I think it probably had no, I think like, you know, there's a bigger picture going on than, you know, him going around your house and stuff. I think. Yeah, like the SNP. Yeah, well, all that stuff. I mean, let's not get into politics, but, you know. Let's not get into it. You you dabbled, you you stuck your toe in the water. What would you Mm. say now? A bit boring? Probably quite hard to actually have any When I change. woke up the next morning, I woke up the next morning and I, there was a, honestly a five second period. It said Conservatives win general election by landslide. And I thought, oh no, I've ruined a country. Like, like when I ruined a BBC once. And then I just thought, hold on, this can't be my fault. And I just felt this <laughs> tremendous wave of trickster relief come over me and sort of like giggled to myself and pranced up onto my roof. And ever since then, I felt just like, it's like really reaffirmed my uh, ludic view. Ludic as in bringing joy, mischief, mirth and mayhem. Like, that is what I feel I'm here to do. Like, not what, to take giving us a conservative people. government? Wow, what <laughs> Riddle me this! Give the people what they want! It's a 24 hour party! <laughs> Human rights, you say? Woohoohoohoo! Spare bedroom? Well Not on your Nelly! <laughs> ding, ding, ding! And with one wand of mine, jingle stick, off we go! To another five years of poverty! I'm like Mr. Claypole pranking around. What were you doing with that bottle of water in your, um, in that. Yeah, interview? swigging it. Yeah, like f- a bloody pirate like of a Captain bottle of rum. <laughs> You'd ask a question. Then when he was, a little bit. When he was answering What's wrong the question. With my swigging? Oh, it was over the top. Normally, on sort of, they have water in front of them on those sort of shows, don't they, when people have been interviewed. Mm-hmm. Just, I think it's just set dressing, really. Yeah. But you yeah. had a huge bottle of water that looked sort of medieval. So what do you think about that? And then while he was answering the question, <laughs> I couldn't even hear what he was saying. This is why I think he lost the election. Because next to him, there was a pirate <laughs> drinking water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear a word of that. Shake for me timbers, Milliband, me old sea dog. Y'all come up with some better policies or you'll walk the plank, my lad. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, uh, it was stupid of me to have done that. But, like, that is my normal behaviour. And a lot of my normal behaviour, when put on television, does look stupid. 
I'll yeah. be the first to admit it. It's funny that Did he's now see... just a bloke on holiday in Ibiza, isn't it? Yeah. They all resign. Yes. But this, it's amazing that political leaders with all that, like, I believe this and I'm going to do this and that. Oh, no, we're losing. I'll, I'll resign. Imagine people resign from their jobs that easily in other jobs. Well, I did once. I clapped BBC Two once, or Radio Two. <laughs> yeah. I'm not broken. Turn up. Um, I'll tell you the other thing that I thought was interesting is when you see them give their resignation speeches, it's like their humanity is returned to them. Like, yeah. you know, sort of, they seem like normal blokes again. It reminds me of that adage about war. Like, war is a this violent conflict where people throw lives and explosives at each other, and the one that comes to their senses first loses. You know, and it's sort of yeah, like that. Yeah. By losing the election, they go, oh, all right, bloody hell, that was a bit nuts. Uh, thanks, everyone, for trying to help. And then, like, David Cameron goes and, like, just gives that speech on the, you know, on the steps of number 10, and he can continue the illusion. Like, the stuff that David Cameron was yeah. saying, if it was all true, you'd think, oh, this is going to be actually quite good. He's like, all children will have the opportunity. Anyone who wants to work will be able to work. This is one Britain with a chance for everyone. And you sort of think, you're just used to the idea that nothing means anything like yeah. and, and i felt the same thing actually like i sort of it's this is a bigger problem than democratic politics this is i, I mean forgive me for a moment but this is about the very nature of the frequency of consciousness we're living on when i was getting on an airplane to f right off to canada to be in a film leaving a broken <laughs> country in my wake like traveling through the airport you realize what a synthetic uh, environment it is and and there's a you know sort of it's designed to be remo- robotic and anodyne and sanitized and there's adverts for products you don't know what they are there's a thing called Accenture Accenture empower your dynamic dynamize your power Accenture and it's sort of like well, this is a, the, the experience of being human is utterly removed, and you feel somewhat that here in Vancouver like it's this synthetically beautiful place it sort of has skyscrapers and towers and neat streets and well-trimmed pubic gardens but there's sort of a, an odd sort of sense of plasticity like where like there's some you're going to find some dungeon somewhere with a thousand fritzels all trussed up you know like that the, like whether it's electoral politics or airports or whole cities humanity is being stripped away there's no sort of real way of interfacing of integrating that it's like that the, it's becoming this p- peculiar package to be a human in the modern world mm. sorry i wasn't listening um, to that. i was drinking some water <laughs> <laughs> well at yeah. least drink it with a well, bit no, of gusto swig it down from a fucking flagon i know i wish i had a flagon um no i, I agree with you i think uh, i i did notice that the politicians when they've when they, they go oh, i've resigned you go i should have used that yeah. personality two days ago when you sound that was like a nice personality. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, and yes, we will. And under no circumstances will we. And then afterwards, like, oh, bloody hell, that's an old bollocks. But what about that <laughs> bit when, they, when they're on the telly and then someone asks them a question in the sort of debates and they've been media trained to say the person's name back to them and then remember their name and say it a few times and maybe say it at the end. And it's just like so fake because you wouldn't go, that's a really yeah. good question, David. And just to answer David, and you just think they're, yeah. they're like, it becomes plasticky and not human you go and something in you just goes oh i don't like this person don't trust them all their media training's wrong i think i did like your That's interview a good point, Matt. forces I... miliband to <laughs> actually talk like a normal person at points although he did veer into uh, putting on a cockney accent some people said didn't they but it's then like, he's from north london it's so. like a like you know when an air hostess says goodbye to you when you get off a plane it's that kind of sort of that, yeah that, they that don't weird mean it greeting, yeah yeah that's just the so last I mean, it's only goodbye 
No, but they're not <laughs> like, like they're saying, I love you. Here's right, my well, dress. When you get on. Keep, hold my earring in the palm of your hand as a keepsake. Yeah, but we're normal people who don't end up shagging off the air hostesses. Yeah, exactly. They don't mean it to us. <laughs> I'll see you in the jacuzzi, girls. <laughs> Bring your uniform. You know the score. Because I don't want to... Don't you dare turn up in some velour tracksuit where you're unidentifiable <laughs> as the woman I've been fantasizing about for the last six hours. That'd be bloody awful. Yeah, well, like that's what what I feel is that is that a, a need for reality. I sort of sense, like, you know, in every area... Like, now, some people say that, oh, Russ isn't the best feminist that's ever lived. Those people are, are fools and floozies. Because what I would say is that, that, you know, we live in a time where women are stripped back and pared back and plucked and perfumed and sort of turned into sort of upright mannequins, at least the sort of the versions you see in the mainstream media. The ones that you around your house. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't look like that, you won't get you won't get past Juan on security. Um, but like um, the problem, but I felt like that in our ain't not so ancient mind, but you know, just not so modern and acculturated minds, women would have been like men too, I suppose, more musky, hairy, simian creatures. Uh, there's this bit of writing by Ted Hughes where he talks about wild boars and like the sort of the ravenous carnality of the wild boar and how in mm. pagan societies it was seen as an emblem of femininity with their fleshy jowls and mouths hanging open, sort of sometimes devouring well, wild their piglets. boars were seen as women. As a, as like an emblem. Like... Say how the cow in India is sacred because of its divine mother aspect, you know, gives nurture, gives milk and all that. And like, you know, a lion and a unicorn somehow seems to represent something about Britain, all slapped up on a podium. <laughs> well, the wild boar, wild boar, never lose it, wild boar, wild boar, used to, like, uh, apparently in pagan myth, there were these creatures, you know, they we hunted them out of existence, but they were sort of quite powerful, grunting little savages. And there's an, like, don't you think, you know, there's an aspect of femininity that I don't think is culturally represented that is quite carnivorous and powerful, you know, that sort of yeah, women sort mean. of I aren't used to allowed know this girl be. was a hippie and she didn't shave her legs. And that alone... He's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> was, um, <laughs> well, it seemed quite... It's quite... Their legs are as hairy as men's, some of them, most of them. It's just like we don't, you don't end up seeing women's leg hair, do you? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'd like to talk to some sort of feminist uh, theorist to sort of explain what it, why women are forced to or encouraged to subjugate their own animalism, their own femininity, like they? to turn themselves. What, by men, well, do you mean, well, yeah. or just by society? Maybe by culture. I mean, I, I, I suppose like where I would. And there's loads of old cultures that women, you know, uh, practice sort of beauty, like makeup and. Wigs and stuff I agree like with that. that, but tell you what, there aren't many examples of Matthew anywhere in human history. There are not like there, there are not examples of female. Many examples of major civilizations that are dominated by matriarchy on a tribal level. You can find matrilineal societies, you know, yeah. where. Boudicca. Where inheritance happens through the matriarchal line, but that's more of a practical thing because you can't prove who a father is and you can prove who a mother is. But like those, those examples of uh, Boadicea or Cleopatra or Victoria or Elizabeth, these sort of like you know near pagan feminine goddesses or leaders yeah. are the exception. Have you got a woman rule? I'd like you to talk him, to Rita. <laughs> He's trying to get laid. Russell's, yeah. with a Russell's changed now. He's so enlightened, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, no. Do a, I sound like I'm trying to impress a bird? You do, and I because I, I heard you go put those headphones on, or you won't hear anything I say <laughs> at the beginning. So who's with you? It's not Nicholas. I'm Cage. getting married, guys. 
Right! <laughs> you are after this speech. This time, it's Rita Ora! Or one... <laughs> Is there a woman with no. you? There's not... Look, how dare you talk to me? Me, old Russ, one of the finest dabblers The world's in electoral... newest feminist. <laughs> Introducing the world. Is there not an oppressive regime on women? You know, just like this one here with big boobs. I'm trying to have sex with this poor cow. I mean, cow, not uh, holy cow. Uh, India. I mean, uh, was it Gandhi who said? What's going on over there? Look, maybe, baby, I'm a trying to evolve, and there could be more reasons for that than Captain Dickaboo and his couple of chumps that back him up morning, <laughs> noon, and night. Maybe old Russ has got sick of towing the line for the patriarchal order just because of of old Reverend Bobbins and the c- couple of chumps. His gang, his grizzly gang, his sperm sack hunchback. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Here we go. Look, I'm trying to evolve over here. That's all I'm saying, Matt. That's all I've ever been saying. What are you doing? What's Nicolas Cage saying these days? What's he up to? Get on the right of Nicolas Cage. He gave me a lovely thing. He gave me this uh, amulet. It's a Ganesh amulet. I'm holding it in my hands now. It's the size of, say, the tip of a man's finger. It's a sort of, I think it's amethyst or something. It's some sort of purple stone and there's a ruby in it and Nick Cage gave me it as a, as a, as a gift. And I'm okay. getting on quite well with Nick Cage. Yeah, I, I, I sit next to him in the movie making. But that was funny because I was doing some movie making yesterday, uh, acting, and like, uh, like Nick Cage, he's seriously professional. He knows all of his lines, he's got a wig on, he's deep, deep in character. And like me, obviously, I'm in a caravan just before I go on, like desperately trying to cram some lines in my head, knowing that Larry caravan. Charles, because Larry Charles... Trailer. trailer. Yeah, no, yeah. like that. Larry Charles, he because like, he directs Kirby Enthusiasm and things like that, he's obviously well up for the improvisation. So I just yeah. try and remember the cue lines, you know, so right, that I right. don't mess up Nick Cage's cues because he learns all his lines. But sometimes I can't even remember those bits. And there's, we're doing a film in a bit, and we're doing a scene in a bar yesterday in Vancouver. And Nick Cage, he's well in character. He's playing this guy that went over to called uh, Gary Faulkner, who went over to Pakistan to try and capture Osama bin Laden. Yeah. And he's doing him kind of like this. It's a real, oh, God, man. You know, he's sort of really yeah. sort of into it. It's sort of comic and intense. But like, and he sort of he cries a lot. He's doing an amazing performance. But during the scene, there's a couple of times where I sort of forget my bits. And like, he's really going for it. And I'm just sort of like, and there's always a split second where I think, oh, no, shit. I can't remember what I'm supposed to be saying here. And look at Nick Cage. He's acting his heart out. So I have to go, <laughs> line, <laughs> right across the set. And like Gareth, who's here with us, Gareth, who you know, I do the truths with yeah. and stuff. He goes, it's really bad because like while I go line, and the script supervisor goes, look, Gary, you know, uh, the world is more complex than you could ever imagine, or whatever. You know, my line is or whatever. And Nick Cage has to sort of maintain his intense sort of sobbing acting face during this piece of activity that's nothing to do with the pretend world that we're supposed to be complicitly inhabiting. Learn your bloody lines. I can't be bothered. <laughs> it's too hard it's too hard to remember them all how, I, I don't think, how many times can you shout line before you can see people, people start thinking hang on this bloke hasn't learned his lines <laughs> I say three times in a scene then it starts to look like we could just literally get anyone off the street to do this that'd <laughs> 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 be as good as what this guy's offering and they probably wouldn't be so demanding about having fruit in the caravan outside my window where I'm staying at this hotel in Vancouver 
There's yeah. like an inaccessible garden. I'm on the second floor and there's a massive, like what it is, is you know how there's like an awning. Over, it's a very grand gothic looking hotel, you yeah. know, like the roof's all like sort of green turrets, you know, when sort of copper's gone oh, yeah, green. Like that, yeah. What's it called? Oh, that's it's massive bloody Vancouver hotel. What's it called? Verdigree. Verdigree. Which means don't green, right to gray, me, I think, in Italian, probably. So anyway, like uh, there's a, on the top of the awning bit, there's a vast sort of expanse with a simulacrum hmm, hmm, of a garden. Like it's a, you can't get to it though. You can't like there's no doorway to it, and all of the windows, as is often the case in hotels, are, are, are ratcheted so that you can only get them open six inches. And God knows I've tried. What, is it real it grass out there? It's not real grass. It's sort of oh, like right. molten rock. No, not molten, but like lavic rock. You know, like right, you know yeah, that yeah, stuff that's porous. Yeah, like it's barbecue rocks. Like yeah, it's like barbecue rocks, which there's a new song that Matt and I are going to be releasing <laughs> <laughs> in the summer. It's like Jazzy Jeff and Will Prince, barbecue rocks, baby. Uh, and like um, you know, and there's a sort of a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will there's a just, just let I don't know what he's doing. Who cares? Remember the old days, Jazzy Jeff and Will Prince. <laughs> <laughs> I see you've done a couple of new yous, a boy you and a girl you. And what do they want from us? Have Lovely you read stuff. Their interviews, the kids from Will Smith's marriage to Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett. Pinkett, yeah. Why? They're crazy. Why? The two kids. They well, they're, well, they're so mean, professional. No, they're like um, like weird. They're out there. They're out. What do you there, mean? Man. Well, you'd love their. What are they saying? Talking about the nature of reality and stuff. Honestly. Honestly, little kids talking about the nature of reality. Yeah, I mean, they're like eight and 11 or something, but there's a, there was a famous, like it went a bit sort of viral. They did an interview for the New York Times, I think it was, and it's bizarre. It's really weird. We'll get it. We'll get it. And I'll read you some quotes. You'll be well into Do you think stuff. they're Illuminati? Do you think they've been initiated into the Illuminati and have got access to realms of information that they shouldn't have? No, I think they're precocious children. Why don't you do a jingle? Why don't well, you do play this? Rap jiggle by Skelly Scribbles. <laughs> I think you should listen to that when you do your city runs. So there, you there you go. There we go. Let's get into that hidden garden. It's good. It's beautiful, isn't it? I love it. It's really good. It's really very impressive. That do the other one. There's Vivaldi Four Seasons from Doom Baboon. <laughs> Why don't you dir your way through the classics and send them to Russ and Matt at Audio Boom or just stick it uh, directly on our thing? I sometimes do go on that site and inter and interfere with stuff, so uh, you never know you do, if you're you? lucky. Yeah, yeah. People on there were saying thing. we should stop talking about disgusting stuff like farts and worms like? and stuff. Well, well, the... I'm trying to. That's your fault. I know. I shouldn't have even mentioned it because now I've put those things back in the show. But they're out. Let's go back to the magical garden simulacrum outside my window. So there's the lavic rock, and then there's like a figure of Pan out there. And as I'm a man now who lives on a pseudo-religious dimension, always looking for signs, I think, ah, oh, Pan's out there. That's to encourage me to remain in a Pan-like state. But there's also benches out there. There's benches in a place that no human can reach. So it's not a functional bench. It's just an impression of a bench. Like I'm saying about that airport, like I'm saying about David Cameron's speech, that we don't have reality. We just have an impression of reality. We're being stripped of what is real. <clears throat> That's why I'm doing those city-run things, to reclaim reality in some way, to well, sort of break this. off the narrow scaletrix tracks of your existence and into something once more that's real. When gardens can be gardens, when people can be people, okay. when women okay. are free to be <laughs> women, okay. girls, that's take it. off your bra, Rita! 
<laughs> I'd love to know who this woman is. Poor cow. Right. <clears throat> Listen to this, Russell. It's so. This on, sounds mate. like quotes from you, right? This is Willow and Jaden Smith, right? Yep. This, yep. Um, so kids. the uh, question's about the nature of time or whatever. And, and Willow says, mm-hmm. I mean, time for me, I can make it go slow or fast, however I please. And that's how I know it doesn't exist. Jaden chips in with, it's proven that how time moves for you depends on where you are in the universe. It's relative to beings in other places. But on the level of being here on Earth, if you're aware in a moment, one second can last a year. And if you are unaware, your whole childhood, your whole life can pass by in six seconds. But it's also such a thing that you can get lost in. Willow says, because living. Blah blah blah. I mean, it is on. I whip my clock back and forth. I whip my clock back and forth. I whip my clock back and forth. My clock back and forth. That about? kid has understood that time is an illusion. How? Right, everyone, get behind Willow and Jaden's prints. They know the Bobby Moore. <laughs> they know the score. They're all over it. These kids. We can trust them. They're interdimensional beings sent down through Will Prince's Winkle, and we must follow them. So help me, Rod. What do you think? Yeah, it's pretty good yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's the sort of stuff you come out with. They're sharp as tacks, these boys and that girl. Yeah. One boy, one girl, ain't it? It's a little boy and a little girl. Although, recently, I mean, I'm not obsessed with these kids, but the boy's been wearing a dress out and about. He's so headstrong and... He's he knows, so advanced! He doesn't believe reality exists. Why should he wear trousers? If there's no reality, baby, I'm sticking a frock on. Good on him. You've got to respect him. Here's some... Um, Coming back to the duh, 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 duh segment. Yeah. Dear Russell and Matt, says Robbie Kane, as a strong proponent of classical music, I support and enjoy your new duh, 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 duh segment. It's always great to see the art form promoted on cutting-edge media. However, there are a few corrections and clarifications I'd like to make. In Wednesday, a few Wednesdays probably, podcast, Russell assumes that the extract duh, 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 was from a concerto. It was, in fact, the famous opening motif from Beethoven's, not Mozart's, piano miniature for release. Oh, bloody hell, oh, mate. Oh, Russ, he's he's got too up, much... <laughs> <laughs> what, what, me, uh, mate, why is he listening to this show? He's clearly cultured. Look, if you, He's got brains. You're a cultured lad, Rob. This is, show is not for you. Get out! <laughs> this is for people that don't, <laughs> this is for people that don't even believe that time is real. I whip my hair back and forth. I whip my hair back and forth. This is for new cutting edge kids that have just emerged with crazy ideas about time. Although those ideas are actually Einstein's and they were ages ago and they're a bit old hat. But I don't want to criticise a child that seems a bit rich coming from me. Do you want to... Oh, look at this, Matt. Look, we may try to stay on the cutting edge with our da 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 items or quoting Will Smith's little kids, but this is an email from Mia. I'm sorry to inform you guys that the word peng is no longer used. To my knowledge, it was a word that was used around three to four years ago. Yeah. A popular word used now is fleek, yep. used in the context of eyebrows on fleek or outfit on fleek. On Love fleek. from Mia. Yeah, no, I actually realised this. Well, <laughs> even Peng is old, and Peng, Fleek, yeah. by now, Fleek is probably obsolete. Peng and Fleek, I mean, that's, where, who's, where do those words come from? They're idiots, surely. Absolute I mean, the Peng, Fleek, I don't, I mean, I, you little nerds meddling with language. If anything, go back. Like, and use words like a bear bodkin, sir. Like, start using odd, peculiar, old, sort of droogish words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, we should do. Can't criticise them. That's young people. Hang it's on, someone here, it's good. someone here says yeah. that nits don't live in clean hair, as I mentioned the other day. This is a myth mind, told by Matthew. parents to make children with nits feel better. Well, it makes me feel I told I now. told you that at the time. You look at your mind. You're like, it's like listening to a serial killer talking to a priest. Like the way your mind skips Which about from point to point. Mm, priest. 
<laughs> so I'm sure. Hey, Russell, you know what we haven't talked about for a while? Go on, go on. Me undies. Oh, God. Oh, for God's sake. What do you want to do what? now, from? Well, Where unless you from? want to do it, you started, you were wading in last time we recorded and you were doing very I bet, well. I bet, I bet sales for whatever that was I was advertising shot through the effing roof, did they? They did, yeah. That and I the bet Conservatives getting into power is going to save our economy, they're saying. See? <laughs> now grow up. Come and vote for the Conservative Party and buy yourself a pair of pants. This is we're the best thing to happen to Meandis since the Ebola outbreak. People are buying new pants at a rate of knots, like <laughs> their blood spattered anuses oh. are hanging about in their gusset. What's wrong with that? That's just an image, baby. Uh, has she left? It's now, just then. an image. She stormed out. <laughs> she, hey. she weren't buying it. I went too far. We'll make yeah. it easy. Go to MeUndies.com slash brand and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. Save even more when you buy a pack of them. MeUndies also offer low flat rate international shipping. They, you're, well, they're just good pants, aren't they? They're going to be happy with them and your first pair is free. Once you feel MeUndies on bit? your body, you're never going back. Listen to Russell and Beth, have a chit-chat. Greetings from Australia. Belly bounces in the Urban Dictionary, we know. Hello, everyone, says Simone. I just wanted to clear up something that Matt said a couple of weeks ago. Oh. The Nazis were not right. You accused me of mental illness when I read out the Nits thing, and then you've read it out five minutes later. And so that's timing is everything, Matt. Timing is absolutely everything in our game. Knits only living clean hair. This is a myth told by parents and teachers to make dirty children with nitty hair feel better about their dirty, filthy sculpts. Knits don't care where they live. Filth for them is like a jungle trick. They can live on animals. They don't jump or fly. They're passed from head to head. The filthier the head, the better these nits like it. In short, <clears throat> Matt Morgan's head is similar to the kind of head you'd find decaying in a mortuary. <laughs> I've never had nits. <laughs> and Matt Morgan... Mortuaries. What do you do? You're reserved in formaldehyde. Well, no, you just they oh. just look at your head, don't they? And then you be put into the drawer and then buried, but you're frozen in the drawer. And I don't want to pick you be happy what you're with... saying, but, you know... Would you be happy with one week's work in a mortuary, preparing the bodies? I don't think I'd ha honestly don't think I'd have any problem with it. Would you take the opportunity to look at the genitals of the dead? I do a lot more than that, my friend. Ross, Matt, G Audio I went Dolphin Square the other day, where all the, that stuff kicks off, and just had a good snoop round. There was one single duck standing on its own by a concrete pond, and it looked like it had sinned too much. When do you ever see a duck on its own? <laughs> They're always in gangs. It, this one, it was a mallard, if I'm not mistaken. Green, feathery head. It was I've just seen stood a duck there. On its uh, own? <laughs> not sitting, honestly. This is a good item. Have you ever seen a duck on its own? Uh, ducks on their own. Hey, Have here's you seen a question one? for you, Russell. Have you ever seen mm -hmm. a seagull in a tree? Mm. I, well, I see. When I was out, well, let me return to my garden. No. Amble answer ramp. the question. Maybe, but look, when I, there was a suicide window, I I got a tool offset from when, on this film I'm doing. I prized, oh, well, not prized, simply undone the brackets that prevent you from opening the window to get into the fake garden, the lava garden with a statue of Pan and a bench that will never be sound. And I went out there, and this crow kept crowing at me because it obviously thought I was on its territory. Real gut, it went, bah, bah, bah. 
I tried to do it back, you know. You know how I've always thought I can communicate with the animals, Matt. Yeah, so yeah. I tried to communicate back. It, it, it mostly was just ignoring me. I hope Nicholas I Cage my... was watching this from his hotel room. Thinking, Who's that guy who doesn't know his lines? What's he doing, man? He's talking to a crowd. How'd he get out there? <laughs> What's he doing in the fake garden, crowing at a goddamn crow? What's He's learned the crow's lines. He never learns my lines. <laughs> Well, then, like, the crow swooped down at me. Like, when I was meditating, which I do. Well, you meditated in that person. broken into garden. Yeah. How I could did. you relax? If I'd, I'd broken Canada. a window to get out there, I wouldn't be able to sit down and om my way through 20 minutes. I think someone was going to come and get me. Seventy, yeah, but they don't know because there's a bench there. A man sitting on the bench looks normal, and most of the things that are overlooking it is ten floors of hotel rooms. So, like, if you're looking out it, all you're looking at is the natural sight of a man meditating and occasionally crowing back at a crow that's crowing at him. What's the problem, officer? Why it, would you bring quite, this to the attention of the authorities? That's quite nightmarish to me that there's a little patch of plastic, what is it? No, rocks, mm. lava rocks with a bench that you can't yeah. actually get to. So it's completely right. fake space. I'm glad you went out there. And a statue of Pan. And then a, even that's a weird. bandstand, like a little pavilion bandstand. It's like it's some sort of Illuminati shit. And when I'm doing my mad runs through London, I come across all these sorts of spaces, medieval quads and squares and spaces, and little tablets and plaques that reveal the secret sort of provenance of power. You sort of see things like the fourth order of the Knights Templar on the fourth day of Mordor did sacrifice the bride. You know, there's all sorts of weird shit all over London, and dragons yeah. and lizards and crosses. I don't get too iked up about it, and this certainly is an example of that, this little rocky square on a roof of a Canadian hotel. I went quite to, right, um, things are being sequestered off. I went to Westminster Abbey the other day, well, yesterday, and uh, yeah. because my American in-laws are over, right, and so I did some touristy stuff in London, which, you know, yeah. actually was amazing. Bloody brilliant. I've never been it? in there, and like the day before, the Queen had been in there doing the VE Day stuff, so she laid a wreath at the grave or the tomb of the unknown soldier, right? So there was a wreath there that Queen had touched the day before. So that was quite yeah. nice for me because I've never met her like you. Um, but it's oh, amazing. Like You have the little thing on and you go around. And I, at first I didn't want to put the thing on my ear that tells you everything. I just thought, no, I'll just look yeah. at stuff. Walked around. Freestyle. It's proper, like the story of Mary, Queen of Scots and her sister. And, you know, like it's Game of Thrones type stuff. People killing each other. And, yeah, it's amazing. English history. Chaucer's buried there. Darwin's Chaucer, buried yeah. there. Have you been there? Yeah, I went there early one morning. There's a little chapel in there. Like when I was I was jet lagged and I was staying in central London and I'd go for these walks and I went in there once quite early and there's a little chapel and in it was just me, some nuns and a bloke dressed entirely in denim who I thought was a serial killer. Probably the geezer that sent us that belly bounce message, to be honest. That kind of a guy. Did you pay 20 pounds to pound, go in right, no, it was early in the morning. But oh, then right. there was some sort of verger bloke, and I said, oh, can I have a look around there? And like, he goes, yeah, 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 showed me down. He goes, that old bit there, right at the end, that's a, from Elizabeth the first time. I mean, like you say, it is great Game of Thrones stuff, because all of the, the a lot of that fantasy gets its structure from the, yeah. as you said, actually, European last time, history. from the ancient European monarchies and yeah. stuff. There was a yeah, door. It's, it's, it's a, pretty amazing. It's the thing, it's Britain's oldest door, which I don't know if that's true, but like, it was 1020 or something, the year 1020, and there's this old door. And you sort of, I just, I love all that stuff. It's amazing. But I would never well, have done that. Well, that's the end of the story. There's have... an old door. Add tank to it. No, all right. Well, uh, going back so to, you have it, you ever seen a seagull up a tree? No, you haven't, because they can't stand Who in cares? trees. They've got the wrong feet for it. 
They've got I can't stand your lies. Face. It's true, mate. Why don't you? Why don't you say something about you went through the door and you came out there and all your dead relatives were there waiting for you and they told you they was pretty pissed off with the way you turned out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, then look. You couldn't finally, go through the door. It was it was locked. I'm sure you'd have tried to kick it open for some sort of... <laughs> 1026, welcome to 2015. I'm going to smash you up with my bum. I, look, the, to tie together all of these loose threads that we're trying to sell to people at 50 pence a pop, is, like, I was out on that roof by the pan statue, the crow swooping down at me, and he come well close, or she, came, could have been a girl crow, <laughs> and he swooped right You've down. Judged. So, <laughs> Thanks, baby. Came so close to my head, it freaked me out a bit. And then a seagull come over, it was a big, bloody great big thing, come swooping over, clacking around, because I, oh, I was trying to make friends with the crow, so I went in Don't back into my room. Lie. This is a lie where it lands in a tree, just to disprove my theory. <laughs> and then the seagull landed in a tree, and then uh, uh, there was the oldest door in the world, actually, it was uh, older than uh, 1020, and uh, yeah, and I, I went English. through it, and uh, all of Matt and Morgan's relatives were there, and they said they were pretty pissed off with Matt, and they really let them down, actually. Uh, no, like, the, sea- the seagull tried to swoop down, I got these sweets out of my bedroom, a lot of chocolate, a bit of apple, a bit of banana. I threw them down for old crowy because I thought, look, this is... Oh, we're not going to have peace, me and the crow, unless one of us reaches out with fruit and it's more likely to be me. So I threw him some fruit and then a seagull see that come over and the crow really... They had a mid-air fight. Like, and the mm. seagull was about three times as big, at least two and a half times as big as the crow. That crow is hard as nails. I respect it. Then I came back out this morning to have another go of meditating and... Uh, the crow come down again. It didn't come near me. I've not made any real progress befriending it, but I still plan to crack on with the crows. It's an ongoing theme. I, I look will become your, um, friend of the crows. Your film diaries when they're published. I think there'll be a fascinating insight into all the films <laughs> you didn't really turn up for and you just sort of hung around the hotel arguing with animals. <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall, day two. Jason Siegel, incredibly pissed off, depressed, saying co-stars not supportive of him. In other news, I saw a tortoise <laughs> down by the beach swimming <laughs> in the water. I made friends with it and then wrote my name in Tipex on its back. Oh, dear. Yeah. Go on. Why? Oh, let, listen to this. Like? Yeah. You know, we were talking about nits, and I said we shouldn't mm. talk about parasites anymore, but we've been contacted by a doctor. Go on, then. You Gents. fucking liar. No, fucking have a bit of this. Oh, I'm not allowed to swear on this podcast anymore. Sorry. Why? <clears throat> Why? Who's, why not? Because I've fuck made it, my own it. rules. I'm trying to I'm keep myself my in check, rules. mate. Right. <clears throat> Gents, love the discussion about parasites controlling our minds. You both really don't know how right you are. No, it was me, not him. I'm a doctor at a London hospital, and a few months ago I actually wrote a piece for the BBC on exactly this, which I didn't read, obviously, as a no, pitch for Horizon in program. a letter. No, I meant because this was an original idea for me, not another oh, I see. telephone neighbours. Rip off like your Belgium telephone. <clears throat> all the best. Go, Tam. I'm a doctor and Hold researcher. Hold on a minute. Where's the content? Oh, it starts with all the best. This go, is Tam. his thing. Right, look. His, his he research interest is in, listen, in liver disease and gut bacteria <laughs> in particular. We know that gut bacteria influence health in many ways, but actually the topic of gut bacteria and parasites influencing behaviour is gaining traction. And we've got his phone number. It's Matt, gaining you traction. Are a front line scientist. This a is this is mate. one of the this is a moment of history you're listening to on this podcast, the Russell and Matt podcast. Matt we're is discovering it. that little parasites are getting. What we're going to ring the geezer now? It's ringing now. Go to him. I think that's how you pronounce it. Matt, you it. do this interview. No, oh, Russell, I can't. Faith in oh, you're you. amazing, Matt. You're amazing. Uh, I'm going to put my finger up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> a word Hello. Bite it. 
Hello, is that Gotam? Gotam, yeah, hi. Go-tam. Hello, I'm uh, Matt Morgan from the Russell Brand and Matt Morgan podcast. Matt, hello, evening. Hello, mate. <laughs> I'm good. Um, we're quite interested in the fact say, that... He didn't ask how you were. That's your first problem. I mean, he said, how he said, are you? Good. Oh, shit. No, he but said, he didn't. But carry I'm on, pleased, carry on with the I'm interview. Pleased to know that, though. Yes, no, how are you? I, I'm pretty good, thank you for asking. Good. Well, this is like listening to someone being let out of a mental institute. It's like having a phone call while someone's society. heckling you. It's what it's like. <laughs> Russell, do you want to take over the interview? No, you do it. You do it. You're doing well. Thank I'm. You. You, you're the wind beneath my bloody wings. Hello, Russell. <laughs> Don't talk to him. Sorry. Go, Tam. I can't talk he to can't you. Can't even talk be bothered to, to be in this country. Like I'm not here. <laughs> um, yeah. So my idea that. The parasites can, can, you know, parasites in our stomach can control our behaviour. How true is that? And could I win some sort of award? <laughs> oh, really um, so, so, in answer to your first question, I, I think it might well be a bit true. How's that? Um, oh, and good. a bit true can only become more true as, as we as we look into it. So, I, I listened to your podcast um, last week. It was great, and I, I wrote in because I think there's quite a lot of evidence that the bugs in our gut, in particular, control what we do. A little bit, anyway. Um, mm. So so the bugs in particular can control our, our appetite. They're linked with some diseases. Um, they're linked with things like obesity, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. And you already mentioned the, the toxoplasma, yeah. which can control the behavior of, uh, of rodents can they, and how they fear, fear cats. Yeah. So can they cause like anxiety or like mental issues which aren't to do with food or cravings? Yeah, so there was a really interesting experiment from um, from Ireland. It was published last year in, in one of these scientific uh, publications. And what they did was they fed some, some mice, identical mice. Half of them they gave a, a probiotic, a, a bit similar to the probiotics you buy in the supermarket, but probably higher concentration. Half of them got that. Half of them just got an, an empty, empty, bug-free yogurt. And um, when they gave the mice a stress, the ones that had had the, the, the bugs did a lot better. They were more resilient. The, the brains showed less signs of stress when they measured chemicals. Um, and that's the only difference between two groups. That, 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 that's pretty pretty good evidence, actually. I know it's only in mice, but it's pretty good evidence. That's amazing. So the stomach has some influence on the brain? For sure. So the, one of the biggest nerves in the body is called the vagus nerve, and it connects the brain to the gut. Uh, and it's 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 really it's really big. It's it, it's got lots of hundreds of thousands of signals. It signals to far greater extent than lots of nerves in our body. What was great about this experiment was they then redid the experiment in in the same breed of mice, but in half of them they they severed surgically severed this nerve, and the beneficial effect was was gone. So so it's a really good experiment because it shows that the the signalling from the brain and the gut is responsible for the benefit of the. Um, of the, of the probiotic drink. Does the vagus nerve, some? it's got something to do with the heart rate, hasn't it? Yeah. It because you can get heart palpitations from having parasites in your stomach. So I didn't know that. Is that true? I, the thought of <laughs> parasites in my stomach gives me palpitations. Or, or, that's for sure. But, well, um, according to Google and me. <laughs> well, no, okay, I, when, well. I had, when I think I had parasites, I had heart palpitations, right? And then I was reading about the vagus nerve and apparently that, that does go through the heart and control, you know, among other things like electrical signals, the heart rate. 
So, anyway, I'm cleverer than you. <laughs> Nicely done, Matt. Nicely done. Um, yeah, the vagus is really important. It controls lots of our, 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 our kind of autonomic bodily functions like the heart rate, uh, breathing, that sort of thing, skin skin sweating, that sort of thing. But the gut in particular. So when you go for an interview, people get butterflies in the stomach, same sort of thing, brain, gut. Amazing. Yeah, Russell, amazing. you still there? Listen, I took that opportunity to have a good stroll around the building in Canada. And I must say, I've had a lovely time. Well, you've been prattling on about maggots. <laughs> I took a bit of time off, because I listened to the beginning of the interview, Matt, and it sounded like you were not interested in drilling down beyond the superficial issues of that. How can subatomic or even molecular creatures affect consciousness subatomic this... creatures have to roughly... yeah subatomic creatures They're and energies and entities oh, can talk also, about reality is there now. such a thing as the brain and oh, the gut? I'm with my hair God. back and forth I'm with my hair back and forth I'm with my hair back and forth so in a way who's the real winners what? Of the <laughs> well, never the listen go tam which isn't even as far as i can see a scientist's name what the <laughs> hell is your point so my point is that so we you're quite right. I think we need a lot more love in the world. You're quite right. I think that's a good philosophy to live by. But maybe maybe or less. yogurt, maybe yogurt, yogurt might play a role too. Maybe we need a whole lot more yogurt as well because it might well help people feel a bit less stressed. Gotam has conclusively proved that whether it's molecular creatures bugging us into new realms of consciousness via our bladders and bellies, it is Jada Pinkett Smith and her children that will bring about new truths. That surely is 45 minutes, Matthew, don't you think? Yes, it is. It's We're at the end. Thank you, Gotam. That's <laughs> a pleasure. <laughs> well, I'm trying to... Gotam, well done. Don't snigger well, at mine for you, Russell. Show. I'm not sniggering at it. I mean, I enjoyed Your it parasites very much. made you walk away from that conversation because they felt their number was up. The, they couldn't handle the truth. The little bastards have piloted me right out of my only chance of freedom. Anyway, I'm quite pleased that that doctor is sort of supporting what I thought. I think I should be a doctor. That's Matt's conclusion. I'm quite pleased that that doctor is sort of supporting what I thought. <laughs> that's that's the conclusion of the interview. But that, that is a good conclusion and a helpful interview, and we've learned something about little creatures living in our gutty watch. But who can summarise this mayhem better than Mr G, the poet laureate of the show, here now summarising it before another podcast coming at you soon. OK, his poem's called The Provenance of Power. To where does power lie? In a one-eyed king or parasite? Or on the face of plastic money, not possessed but exercised? Nothing means anything, beyond what the dictionary defines. Can cocoa pops and hairy boars ever catch a pirate's eye? The axiom of choice allows the infinite to breathe. There's five more years of learning lines, heart palpitations to be free. So to where does power lie when you refute the laws of time and recognise we all started in the secret garden, just a bunch of chromosomes called X and Y? Woo! Yes. Yes, G. Hey. Yes. I'd like to see the parasite that could write a poem like that from the liver. Good the, work, Gene. Coming from Matt, the gut. Coming from the gut. <laughs> right from the gut via the heart. Go Some Tam sort of centipede that. of the bowel. Gotam wins the poem. What about Suicide Guy in Starbucks doing yeah, better bounces? I think we should, like, the people that, that contribute, like, that what? email and stuff, we should send them the A doctor who supports my theories. <laughs> a learned <laughs> man, a scholar. And you want to give it to, to some depressed man who's lying oh. about being in Starbucks. He's never Starbucks gone in Starbucks, give it Starbucks and told them his guy. name's Belly Starbucks, Bart, so it's the first Starbucks man. They'd say, you what? Your name's what? Let's take a vote. Starbucks man. Starbucks man. 
doctor. Yes, he's a landslide. Look, you want to give knighthoods to all your mates? You're just like the establishment that I fought so hard to bring down and actually made a bit stronger. (laughs) (laughs) You fought the law and the law won. The law won big style. Okay, we'll be uh, doing another podcast last week. Thank you to all our many contributors. Thanks to Matt and Mr. G for more. Let's call it what it is, entertainment. Yeah. Don't make me do the interviews anymore. Oh, I won't. That was fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by Audio Boom.